0: Colossians chapter 1, tonight. Colossians chapter 1, begin reading in verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven... And you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God." Even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, uh, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me uh, mightily. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And, and Lord, I pray uh, for the filling of your spirit, dear God, that you would help me to minister and, and preach and teach uh, the word of God. And, uh, Father, I pray for uh, those watching the children in the nursery. Father, fill with thy spirit just uh, watching the children, caring for them. God, we're thankful that they're here. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the good services this morning, for the word that went forth. We thank you for those that are with us uh, online, even tonight, and, and might we just be challenged to uh, be uh, careful and prayerful readers of your word, and uh, be uh, students uh, of the word of God, ever learning, and yet coming to the knowledge of truth, of, of the truth as we learn. So Father, uh, uh, please help us in these things tonight, and I uh, pray that you would edify your church. I pray that you'd be glorified. And uh, Father, strengthen us uh, for uh, the service uh, that we have ahead for thee and whatever uh, you may bring. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Occasionally on Sunday nights, I'll preach on a difficult passage and... Things maybe that may be a little hard to understand. I had originally uh, planned on teaching from uh, Isaiah 28, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And uh, there's some argument there as to whether those are drunkards that are saying that or whether it's God uh, that's saying that. And uh, so uh, uh, I was looking into that and um, that'll probably be another lesson later. Uh, but regardless uh, whether people were mocking Isaiah's teaching saying precept upon precept uh, or God was saying precept upon precept either way it's clear and either side of the argument I looked at that the fact is that's the way Isaiah was teaching precept upon precept line upon line here a little there a little and they were kind of mo- uh, mocking him for that but it's actually what, uh, what they needed as I was uh, planning on that, I, just, I came across this passage here, and I just felt led to go through this tonight, and just to kind of encourage us to be careful Bible readers and uh, Bible studiers. Um, I'm telling my wife I appreciate her interpreting, and when I come across these passages that, you know, we read right through them, but do we really fully understand what they're saying? Well, wifey doesn't interpret what we read. She interprets the meaning of what we read. See, many times we can read it and not know the meaning. She can't do that. She has no interpretation unless she has the meaning. And uh, so we've we've learned to work together in that, and 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 uh, we're getting better at that. And by by we I mean me. Of course she is, is too, but I have a lot more room to improve. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, tonight uh, I just want to take this principle, applying precept to one precept. Look at this passage, and. Uh, and uh, see what we can learn from it many times our problem with learning the Bible is just as much what we know as to what we don't know Uh, sometimes it's more what we know remember what Jesus said to those who didn't believe in him because ye say what? ye see, your sin remaineth if you were blind you should have no sin what was he saying to them? they had understandings that they thought were right and they were applying to him them to him and finding out him to be wrong. Obviously, their what they knew, their understandings, what were wrong. And many times, uh, we take our understanding of the Bible of God, how we think things work, and we apply that, where it does, where and we and we get a wrong interpretation out of that. Uh, uh, I uh, had learned the Bible under the kind of teaching that believes you can uh, lose your salvation. And when you read this passage here that he has reconciled us in verse twenty one and of verse twenty one in the body of his flesh, through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if twenty three, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So he'll do all this if you do this. Now, if you're a person who, you know, who, uh, who uh, believes you lose your salvation and you don't keep that in context, you can run a whole long ways with that, with that, with that, uh, with that thought there. Uh, by the way, that word there, uh, grounded, he says, he says, if you continue in the faith. What is the faith? I mean, that's one of the broadest subjects you can, uh, you, you can talk about in the Bible right there. And When Paul said to ask believers to pray for him, when he had his head to Jerusalem, he said, Pray for me, for not all men have faith. When he was taught, when he, when, he, when, he, when he told the believers regarding ministry, he says that they were to minister according to the measure of faith. And uh, uh, multiple times faith is used. Those things don't mean the same thing. And what determines what they mean? The context. You've got to be careful uh, and, and keep things in context. So, this could be a very broad if you continue in the faith. But you'll find out how much the context itself will narrow it if we allow it. Many times when we go to study our Bible, we'd almost do better not knowing anything. God, teach, don't let me assume that I know what this means. Study the words. Look for similar words. We had a lesson in the, in the, in the kids today. We'll be going through the uh, Beatitudes, and I'll uh, be endeavoring to bring it down to their level and give them something to gather from that. Be praying for me in that. Uh, but we asked them, pick out a word that sticks out in here, and of course, you can guess what it is. You know, blessed, 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 nine times out of the 12 verses. They all got it, you know, and uh, they, they got those words. When we study and learn, we ought to look for repeated words in there. And if, if I, what does this phrase mean? what does it mean? Uh, you know, uh, uh, the faith and uh, and, uh, and and these things. Well, look 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 up phrases and such a repeat. Look for er, other areas of the Bible where the same thing is taught. You know, Paul in in his writings taught about you know families and government, and uh, in multiple writings uh, he talked about the, the importance of the gospel in multiple writings. Compare those. When you're reading one passage where you know, Paul talks about family, read another passage where talk, Paul talks about family. Compare the two, you may learn something you don't understand about in the one. That's precept upon precept. And look closely in the context. I was amazed at how much I found line upon line here in this very chapter that explains what Paul's talking about. We'll go down through it and just kind of study it out a little bit. I hope it'll be encouragement to you. Paul says in verse 20, "Having made peace to the blood of his cross?" By him, Jesus Christ, to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Uh, So, he's going to reckon things, all things unto himself by him. By him. Well, what does that mean? By him could mean a whole lot of things, couldn't it? Um, If I buy a loaf of bread at the grocery store and take it to my house uh, that loaf of bread got to my house by me or I could say I asked my wife to pick up a loaf of bread and bring it to the house and in a sense that loaf of bread was still brought to the house by me I initiated that it means two different things what could that mean? well is there another passage in the Bible that talks about this things being reconciled by him by him well, certainly it does. Certainly there is uh, by him uh, in in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen a familiar passage. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things have, are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself. What by Jesus Christ? Oh, I have something defining now. He has reconciled. It says here in Colossians 1.20, uh, "...by him to reconcile all things unto himself." Uh, God, by him, Jesus Christ, is going to reconcile all things unto himself. Now I go to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5.18, I find out God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So he reconciles to us by Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? A little more detail in Colossians one uh, uh, verse nineteen. To, know, to wit or to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So how is it that God reconciled us to uh, himself by Jesus Christ? Here's how it is. He was in Christ. What? Christ is deity. He's God the Son. Now what have we done? We have narrowed it down very specifically to what by him means, haven't we? And we know what that means now because we have put precept upon precept and we've studied uh, other places where it talks about us being reconciled by him now we know oh, uh, well, God was made man of course you can go to John chapter 1 but God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself that's how he did it by Jesus Christ he became a man and so what have we learned because we applied Isaiah 28 there precept upon precept we know there's a, there's a deeper meaning to that, that being reconciled by him uh, and uh, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, <clears throat> God was in Christ reconciling the world. In uh, verse twenty-one, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable uh, in His sight. <clears throat> so uh, we're we're reconciled in the body of His flesh through death well whose flesh uh, God's flesh Jesus' flesh uh, whose flesh uh, Romans 5.10 will set some light on that for if, you, when, you, if when you were enemies we, if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son there it is much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life so the body of his flesh is his son there. He's the only one who, who had, who had the, lived a perfect life. He's the only uh, death given that could present us holy, unblameable, unapproval in his sight. And so we see comparing scripture uh, that, uh, that we are reconciled uh, by, by him in that. <clears throat> now, he says... Uh, He says there in Colossians 1, he says, Whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Now, uh, what might that mean? Things in earth and things in heaven. This one's not uh, maybe quite as clear as some other ones. But uh, God is drawing people to him and forgiving sins and settling the account, so to speak, uh, of sin through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, When Jesus... Would uh, send Peter out, and in Matthew sixteen eighteen, Jesus said to Peter, "I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Things reconciling all things, whether it be in heaven or in earth." god's business is done by his spirit through his word through his people and by the way the business conducted here by the spirit of god and by the word of god is honored in heaven there's no surprises there folks god says this is how it is this word came down from heaven and what is honored here by god's spirit and god's word is honored in heaven when you pray to get your sins forgiven here, guess where they're forgiven at? In heaven uh, before God's throne. The deal, went, the deal goes through just as, as God said it would here. Uh, the same thing takes place uh, in heaven. That's a comforting thing. You know, we think about the the, the, uh, the great white throne judgment revela- and the revelation there, and the books were open, plural. And uh, The dead uh, were judged. The the books were open, plural. And the book, singular, the book of life was uh, there as well. And the dead were judged out of the books. According to their works. And uh, guess what? The books in heaven are reconciled with the blood on earth. You see, Jesus saved us. His blood is the payment for our sins. And when people reject... The blood of Christ they're telling God I'll be fine without Christ and so what does God do at the great white throne judgment by the way there's no one saved to the great white throne judgment that's a judgment for the lost uh, the Bible says the books were opened one is the books the other is the book of life and the dead were judged out of the books according to their works that's what happens by the way isn't that just what God said would happen Titus 3:5: not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. If you want to take a risk and be judged by your works, after reading what God recorded here, <laughs> The business transactions settled in heaven, folks. When he opens those books to judge you out of your works, you have no hope. okay? Uh, that, that's what you asked for if you didn't believe in Jesus Christ, and uh, you won't be saved. Uh, and so uh, that, that those things are established in heaven. And his word uh, go, go, goes forth there. Uh, and he says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope uh, of the gospel. Now, here it will be profitable to uh, compare some other scriptures. Uh, Paul talks about the importance of the gospel. And I think when he says the faith here, after the comparison here I think mainly what he's talking about and we'll see here is the faith of the gospel the very simple gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and uh, that Christ died for our sins he was buried and he rose again the third day talking about the faith whereby we come to salvation I think it's uh, of the broad subject that faith covers I think that's what Paul's talking about right here and, uh, uh, and, and we'll see that uh, he says he uh, says we could compare in uh, Galatians. Remember, Paul was concerned as a church planner, and as the, uh, uh, the the giver of this gospel in so many places where they hadn't heard it before. He was concerned that they kept that message straight. He was concerned in Galatians they did it. He was concerned in Corinthians they did it. He's concerned in Colossians right here that they did it. You compare the passages in 1 Corinthians, well, in Galatians, which would be which would have predated this letter, and then in Corinthians, which would have followed, and then in Colossians, you can, you compare that. You'll we'll, we'll find we'll find we'll have more of an understanding of what is meant by Colossians when he, when he talks about that. Okay, we'll look at that. Uh, Galatians one six, I marvel you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. He says but there be some that trouble you and pervert, would pervert the gospel of Christ. So there he's talking about the gospel of Christ uh, in Galatians. These, these uh, penises don't want to come out there too good. <clears throat> um, anyway, the gospel of Christ there in Galatians. Uh, verse 8, Galatians 1, 8. Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Gospel. Uh, he says, uh, Galatians 1, nine: If any man preach any other gospel unto you, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, uh, Galatians 1.11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I preached, which was preached to me, was not after man. He goes on to say, I, I preach clearly what Jesus Christ revealed to me. Uh, and we, we see that, the gospel, the gospel, gospel. And I think this is a parallel. We'll look at at 1 Corinthians 15 first. Paul is also concerned about the gospel doing well there. 1 Corinthians 15.1 Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, wherein ye stand, of which also ye are saved, If you keep in memory what I preached unto you. Keep it in memory, unless ye have believed in vain. If you've forgotten and you're preaching a wrong message, believing that's not going to help you, is what he says. And he says, I delivered unto you first of all that which you also received, how that Christ died uh, for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day uh, according to the scriptures. Now, let's look at some things here in, uh, in, in Colossians chapter 1, uh, the gospel, indicating that he's showing kind of the same thing here. Uh, he says, uh, we've been reconciled. How do you get reconciled? Through the body of Christ. Uh, to... Revi- Present, prevent us holy, present us holy and unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Verse twenty-two. If he continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from what to say, the hope of the what? Gospel. You see that he's talking about the same subject just the way he did in Galatians, just the way he did in Corinthians. He wants them to continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Uh, in Galatians, he put it this way: "I'm surprised that you're moved away from the hope of the gospel." In Ephesians, uh, ra- or rather in uh, uh, in in in, uh, in Corinthians, uh, he said he said, "If you keep in memory that which I delivered unto you," he said it in a couple different ways. But he's concerned that they hang on to the gospel and get it straight. Here he says, "If you continue," here he puts it, "If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not." And by the way, what he means there in the first half of that verse is defined by the second half now this is what line upon line this is something right in the text that is teaching us clearly what paul's saying if he just said if he continue in the faith well faith everything we believe is in the faith we would be left us to decide but we're, we're told by the second half of the verse and be not moved away from the hope of what? The gospel. You see that? So the part of the faith we're talking about is what? The hope of the gospel. Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Well, I wonder where we can find out what that is. Well, you don't have to go too far. It's right here in the same chapter. Just look ahead uh, at, uh, at verse, uh, uh, at verse uh, 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 27. "...to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, here it is, the hope of glory, whom we preach." What's, what's, we preach the gospel. We preach that Christ is the hope of glory. Christ is the hope of eternal life. And uh, he says that that's the gospel that we preach, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we might present every man perfect uh, in, uh, in Christ Jesus." So it is the gospel uh, that, that, that he's preaching. It's this faith that he's talking about here is the gospel uh, of Christ. Christ is that hope. So the narrow point that Paul is trying to make is don't be moved away from the gospel, just like it was in Corinthians, uh, just like it was in Galatians. Here he says a little different way by the Spirit, but he reminds them Christ is the hope. He says, and uh, don't be moved away. And by the way, look what he says here. He says, be not moved away, verse 23, uh, from the hope of the gospel, which he have heard. He's clearly talking about the content of the message. You see that? And which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Another, another lesson. Whereof I, Paul, made a minister. He's given the gospel, you say. So that's what he's focused on here. On just any broad area of faith. Well, don't be moved away from this or that. Yeah, all those things are taught elsewhere. But here he's talking about, as we put precept upon precept, other places where he's taught the the truth in a similar way, he is narrowing. And by the way, line upon line, we see the words gospel right in here. We see that Christ is the hope of the gospel. This serves us to what? Narrow it down to what the scripture's talking about. And now I don't come up with some wild understanding. Well, whatever I want the faith to be, don't be moved away from the faith, you know. Oh, well, I believe you have to worship on Saturday. So if you're moved away from the faith, well, you're 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 not in good shape. <laughs> There's no room for that. You see, the context doesn't allow you to do that. It's talking here about the gospel, and uh, and and you got to keep got to keep it straight with that, uh, and 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 keep it straight with that God. Not saying it. any more than that. We can learn more than that other places. Uh, but you'd be hard-pressed to, hard to make this passage uh, uh, mean more than that. Christ alone is our hope. And uh, by the way, Paul, writing to Colossae, we learned studying through the book of Colossians, what were they trying to do? Well, Jesus isn't enough. Remember those, uh, those, uh, those Gnostics? Well, there's a whole uh, bunch of angels in between, you know, between God and us. And Jesus, he was one of those you know, hosts of heaven in between. It's not just Jesus. And what's Paul start out with? Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel, which is what? Jesus Christ alone. Don't waver in that. Because if you as a church waver in that, what's going to happen? You're going to be reproved, blamable. Who did Jesus reprove in Revelation chapters 2 and 3? He reproved churches, didn't he? He reproved churches. Same thing Paul's saying to Colossae here. If you as believers be moved away, uh, you're going to be in line for reproof. If you keep faithful to the gospel, you won't. By the way, same thing he said to the Galatians. He said he was worried about them in Galatians chapter 4, lest ye have believed in vain. Was he saying they could lose their salvation? No. But if, they look, but if they got away from the message of the gospel, they as a church would no longer be delivering the gospel and nobody else would be saved, you see. And that's what Paul was concerned about that these things would continue. Continuing these things, souls would continue to be saved, the gospel would continue to be protected. And so the same, it's the same thing. Same thing he said in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 15 unless you have believed in vain. If you got the message messed up, guess what? Nobody else can get saved. By the way, if the message got up, got messed up, and then you believe that messed up message, you're not saved either. And he's worried about the. And he's preaching the same and warning about the same thing here in Colossae. It's mainly the gospel right there in that passage there, by the context uh, of the immediate passage, naming out the gospel, uh, naming Christ as the only hope uh, of the gospel, naming it was that which was preached and that which they heard. All those things say, well, we need to just keep. We need to be straight with the word of God. We we'll just we won't go any farther than God's word allow, allows us. I'm not going to make up something about about what continuing in the faith means <laughs> outside of those borders that God has put right here in this chapter and right here and in the other books that talk about the same the same passage there. Um, hope that's as clear as mud uh, but uh, uh, sometimes I, I, don't, I don't doubt your understanding I doubt my explaining and my wife said sometimes I think you don't think we're very smart because you just go on and on No, I don't think I'm very smart in explaining so please don't think that okay uh, but uh, we'll move on verse 24 uh, who now Paul says who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church how'd you like to be an interpreter interpret that <laughs> my wife is looking at me what does that mean well I thought that was interesting uh, and we have some clues to that right in this very chapter here Paul says I rejoice in my sufferings for you uh, look back at Colossians 1 Paul's praying for them to be strong. He's praying for multiple things, that they'd walk worthy of the Lord. Verse 10, unto all pleasing, remember we please him, uh, fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God, strengthened, look at this carefully, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. What did he pray for them? That they would grow. Immaturity to become strong, so that they be strengthened unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That is when they were strong. What does it mean to be a strong Christian? Well, part of it means is that when troubles come and trials come, you can have victory in those trials and rejoicing in Christ through those trials. That's what he's praying for them. That Christ that rejoicing would be would be prevalent even when the world can't see why it would be there. And by the way, that's where Paul himself had come to in his life. Verse 24, he's talking about himself. He says in verse, end of verse 23, he says, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. I'm a minister of the gospel. That's what he was just talking about in the, in the previous part of the verse. Whereof I am made a minister. And then he goes on, who, this minister that I am, Here's what I do. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Did you get that? Paul has reached the place in his Christian maturity where he's praying for them to be. He says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. What's he talking about there? He's talking about, obviously, his planting of these churches. Now, he had had not met these believers personally. What does it mean, he, now I, I rejoice in my sufferings for you? He's talking about this dispensation of the gospel, of, of, of the grace of God that's been given. He talks about it right there in verse 25. I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. He is the apostle to the Gentiles. He's planting churches. No, he did not minister to them directly. But where did that Colossian church come from? Probably from converts who left Ephesus when he was in Asia and witnessed, and that church was started by them. You see that? So Paul's ministry didn't directly start that, but what happened? It overflowed. And I think what Paul is saying here, he says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ, in my flesh, for his body's sake, which is the church. What's he saying there with that mouthful? Remember all those beatings that the apostle Paul took? All those whippings, you know? Uh, all those stripes, uh, more, than, more than a hundred of them. A couple hundred of them, I think, almost. I mean, literally, his body marked. Why? because he was preaching the gospel and he was planting churches and he was beat everywhere he went practically it was a rarity when, when, he, when he escaped it it seems but Paul is saying and it just seemed to overflow Jesus said I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake and now he's looking back and probably still feeling it and remembering and saying you know maybe at the time I was tempted to wonder but now I look back and in that town in a church where I didn't even go to people I never even met God used my beatings and my message to inspire others to receive Christ in a place I didn't even go And Paul is looking back and saying, and the joy is flooding his heart. Picture those scars on his back as furrows in a field. And to him, it's like Christ filled it with living water. And it's overflowing with joy. Because all those beatings, God just filled filled his life up with a gospel going forward, with a gospel flowing from his ministry to others to places he hadn't even been himself. And he says, I rejoice. He says, it's like I'm looking back now, and with the joy that I have, all those ditches and furrows of persecution and suffering are filled up and overflowing with joy now. I'd do it again. I wouldn't take it away. He says, I look back, and now I rejoice in it, he says, because I see what God's done through it. He's done things that, that probably couldn't have happened otherwise. And He's given me what? Great joy in my life. Jesus said, Blessed are ye when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. You know why He said that? You know what the word basic, blessed means? Basically, it's happy. You know why He said, Blessed are ye when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake? Because you are. <laughs> when you're born again, you are. You know, when you witness for Jesus and somebody persecutes you for that, that Holy Spirit reminds you, you just suffered for Jesus. You you became what? You became in fellowship with His sufferings. You have just experienced a closeness to Him, perhaps, maybe if it's your first time you've been really persecuted, that you hadn't experienced before. You say, that's a closeness with Christ. Uh, Paul said uh, that talked about knowing also as he, as he pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling God, he says, He said that he said that I may know him and what? The fellowship of his sufferings, that I also, as I live for him, may know that the when I'm suffering for Christ, I'm experiencing what he experienced. Paul told Timothy, don't be ashamed of, uh, you know, of the gospel and of the sufferings of Christ. He said, he said don't despise the, the you know, don't, don't try to get away from the sufferings. You preach, you, we don't try to stir them up. You just preach the truth and love. The sufferings will come. We just, we do like we, like we said this morning follow Jesus and live to please him only. The sufferings will come. All that live godly in Christ Jesus, what? Shall suffer persecution of one form or another. They will come. We don't have to go looking for it. But when they come, God says, "So will the joy. We know we've suffered. It's just like the trial. Paul said, "We went through trials, we found out the consolation came too. And as he was praying for the, all those other believers who were in great trials, he says, "We are comforted knowing that as you have been partaken of the same trials, you're going to get to be partake of the same consolation." We remember how God comforted us. And now you're going through the same thing? Guess what? He's going to comfort you. Because he's the same. He, he's no respecter of persons. He's not going to comfort us. Go through that and then not comfort you. He certainly will comfort you. I, I, I can't wait for what you have yet coming. Because I've already been through it, he, he could say. And so we see that. Uh, uh, Paul. Uh, so burdened for this church. And we see how that we can look at the word. And. Understand that God will teach us. By the way, the best commentary on the Bible, the best dictionary on the Bible, uh, is the Bible itself. Amen. And if we'll be careful and just read it. Uh, and just you know just look at it if we look at these these words here the hope of the gospel uh you know the the gospel and uh these things with paul's sufferings he talked about he talked about uh who rejoiced in my sufferings and we saw sufferings back there uh long suffering strengthened with all might look for those same terms those same teachings elsewhere in the bible begin in the same chapter where it's going uh, look for similar terms. Look for the similar teachings elsewhere in other books. Uh, look for similar teachings. Compare those things. God will set up a context for you in your understanding as you're looking for, him, as you're looking for understanding. Uh, that wild idea that you had, by the way, I've, I've had a few of them. you probably have too, you know. Wow, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I was totally wrong on what that verse meant. You know, you study it out and find where it's taught somewhere else. You say, whoa, you'll find that. God will guide you. Uh, we just got to let him teach us, Amen. Let His Word teach us. And uh, by the way, aren't you glad that we have not only the not only the book and the manual, but the teacher living in our hearts, <laughs> the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's wonderful. And He'll guide us. He'll guide us through uh, gifted teachers, uh, which we have here. He'll guide us through the Holy Spirit, who is our who is the greatest teacher in our hearts. And He'll guide us through the Word as we read and understand it ourselves and search it out. And uh, we won't have to worry about seeking the truth, we won't have to, and studying, we won't have to worry about getting off into false doctrine, keeping, letting the Bible teach us, keeping within the bounds uh, that God has given us um, in his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you uh, for your word uh, tonight, and, and, uh, and Lord, uh, the more I read about uh, the Apostle Paul and others whose lives, uh, Father, so glorified you, it's I'm thankful because it's refreshing. It's challenging, Lord, to my heart uh, to want to follow you uh, more closely, more fervently. And Father, to have that, that, uh, that greater affection for, uh, for things above and not, not on things on the earth, God. And I'm so thankful for that. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful that when I don't understand something from your word as I read it, uh, that I, I've learned, Father, it's, 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 just, it's just best to tell you that. And, and, to, uh, and to remain unsettled on something, but all the while praying, asking you to show us, asking you to show us in your word, uh, maybe uh, through uh, even someone who's studied your word writings, but comparing those always with scripture. And Father, uh, time and again, we'll see that you will lead us to the truth. You'll show us things we'd miss if we were trusting in our own understanding, trusting in what we heard about the Bible, and if we just read it and, uh, and study it as best we can and, uh, and trust you to teach us and guide us, Father, you'll, you'll lead us and guide us into all truth and help us to learn and grow in the grace of knowledge of thee. Father, we ask and pray these.